fancy seeing you here. What's up, everybody? It's, uh, it's me, Steph. Um, you're listening to another episode of Steph and Things, the Cringe Junkie podcast. Um, just want to thank all of my patrons through Patreon. Appreciate you all. You're the reason I'm able to do this. And as always, um, I hope you enjoy this episode and everything that comes from it. Um, I had the wonderful opportunity, a little introduction, to interview Mama Cringe. Uh, my mom came over, and we we just hung out. It was great. We had a great time. She came, sat on the couch, and of course the first thing Boone did was jump on her lap and, and uh, smother her. Um, we hung out for a while, made some cookies while we were here. In fact, there's a couple breaks throughout this. Um, that's actually us getting cookies and eating cookies. So there's a mental image there. Just me and my mom hanging out on the couch with a beagle and a plate full of cookies. And I really hope y'all get something from our conversation. So without further ado, here is Stefan Things, episode two with Mama Cringe. We have cookies baking right now. They're a pumpkin. They're actually from one of my listeners, Abby. Thank you for the cookies. Um, yeah. So introduce yourself. Who am I talking to right now? This is Paula, cringe junkie's mother, <laughs> which is hard for me to say because I'm not used to calling him that, calling you that. But it's okay. Cringe junkie. So what do you think? What do you think of what I do online? <laughs> <laughs> you want a real honest yes. answer? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm okay with it. Um, the parts that I know that might be a little questionable to me, uh, it's not my place to judge. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, well, at least I've I have that. I've learned a lot through, through the years, so I'm hoping that I've evolved somewhat. Who... Yeah. I Well, I'm very... Okay, so I'm, I have friends who also do, like content creation they also do i have friends who do like sex work friends who do only fans um and sad to say in most cases it's like a taboo subject around their family but for me it hasn't been i mean y'all are you, you kind of give me a smile when we talk about it but there's no judgment there's no i'm not not allowed to talk about it i'm not not allowed to come over for dinner you know what i mean um and i don't know i'm just thankful for that well, there's enough to separate families right now, and especially during now, we need to be more together and come together more and not, uh, what is the word, um, get so caught up on the things that really aren't as important, or not that they're not important, but <clears throat> that isn't worth um, arguing over or debating over. Or well, we'll get on debating. We'll in debate. A, in a Sometimes debating is is. It can be good. It can good, be helpful. But I don't know how much benefit comes from it. Sometimes, mm -hmm. that's my personal opinion. Right. What about like my whole cringe junkie comedy TikTok thing? What has that been like from a mother's perspective? I don't know. It, um, it. Uh, I think it's funny. I mean, I go in and you know, the ones I understand, and I right. think I told you before. That there's some that I go in there, I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's saying, you know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But your followers, they know what you're talking about. So that's what's important. The majority of the people know. 
but I like it. I think it's funny. I go in and look at them. I when know. I, I see you always on there, and it says you like it. When my little thing dings, I go and see what you've got to say. I love it. You can't ask for more supportive parents, really. Um, so tell me a little bit about you, and you can give me the Cliff Notes version or, you know, just like where you grew up, like how you met dad. Uh, you can talk about how you ended up in Tennessee, all those, all that stuff. Mm, that's a broad range of stuff. It is. Like, it's a big question. Answer it um, however comfortably you'd like. Synopsis, uh, born in a little town in Maryland, little seafood town that was tiny. I think you have to go in the way you come out. I mean, you have to come out the way you go in. It's a little dead end town, literally a dead end town. It runs into the water. Um, Grew up there all my life till I was 17. Went to college, met your dad. Got married at 18. And let's see, we've been married 30, going on 38 years. Wow. And uh, it's the 18 that throws me. I know, I was 18. I was three months from 19, but still 18. But I went to college when I was 17, so that's how I met him because back when I went to school, I started kindergarten at four because of the way the birthdays ran. Mm -hmm. So I was younger when I started school, so I was younger when I went to, to Yeah, yeah, it's weird how that works out, but it's because your birthday's in November. Um, like September through November, I would, yeah, if you, mm -hmm. it's like my friend growing up, Nick, he, same thing, he was the young kid in the class. Mm -hmm. It's weird how that works. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I only really knew life in Tennessee. You know, I grew up, I was born in South Carolina, grew up here with y'all in that in the small town where you guys met actually Cleveland Tennessee mm -hmm. um I only really know the south through my childhood but you you where you come from there's this really unique culture <laughs> the eastern shore of Maryland it's a bunch of crab fishers you it's wouldn't understand food. a word out of their mouth unless you're from there and know the people <laughs> yeah. what was that like on this like weird fisherman's village <laughs> for lack well, of a better word well um crabbers more yeah, crabbers right. and oyster uh oystermen they did they crabbed in the summer and did oysters in the in the winter and um my mom was from a little island in the chesapeake bay called uh smith island but there's three little islands where supposedly we are descended from the john smith um, my family. Um, that's what we've been told. That's that's sure. been the the generational. It's like I everybody guess, likes to claim the they have some lineage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But technically, we are supposed to be from um, the generational line of him. Um, and Smith Island is you know named, named after. after him. Yeah. So anyway, there's three little islands. So I grew up around that, and then the town that I was born in and from they all have a certain vernacular but it comes from the island mostly and um just things are different people are different they're hard workers but um they talk a little different you know they talk backwards as it were yeah as we say they do their sentence structure is back or or they'll say you know like sarcasm is you say the opposite but you mean it but like it's not even really sarcasm the, mm -hmm. the way it's inflected it's like literally just stating the opposite but everybody knows that what, what you mean is the is the other thing it's so weird and i take it for granted because i get it but if i were to take like some random stranger mm -hmm. to this area of the world they would have no idea like no. what was what was happening they're not gonna know because well, if you like, like like if you say okay like you're a good looking guy you know we would be walking down the road and they'll they'll see this good looking guy and they'll say well he's ugly 
but they mean he's good looking but they'll say well he's ugly that's you right. know but they mean he's so good looking they say uh if you're not uh handsome they'd say ain't he pretty yeah <laughs> <laughs> Or it's, he's pretty. And that's all you I know? grew up hearing, too, from, you know, yeah. you and uh, your parents and your sister and everybody up there. Because we would go pretty regularly, what, twice a year when yeah. we were young. Well, and then when when I grew up, growing up in that, and then when I went to college, you know, I, I think back now and think some of the things that I said, and all, I bet people looked at me like, what in the heck is she talking about? What in the heck is she saying? And even as an adult right, on jobs and stuff, because it still comes up. And then, really? then when I go home to visit, and even now, you start picking all that back up again. Oh, for sure. So, as soon as I moved back here, the Southernisms came back. So mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it was like because you grew up, you know, most of your life there. What was it like for Dad when he when you guys went back up there? Ooh, when we first went there. Mm, Ooh. They don't take <laughs> you in. They don't accept you right away. And um. I had moved off, so, you know, pretty much you're gone. He's like, my brother said, I'm not the one who moved. You know, like, can't you come see me? No, I didn't move, you know. You're wow. the one that moved away. Um, but it took him a while. But once the people like you, they like you. Once you're in, you're in. But it'll take them a while. You have to earn it. You have to earn it. What do you think earning it means for them? I'm going to tell you what, him being consistent, but I think one of the things that helped earn it with him is when um, your brother, the, our firstborn, was born, because he was the one that was born when we were living there, when he did so much to take care of him when he was young, just like I did, because people didn't do that, get up and go take your son out and change him and go do stuff that the mama always did. I think people saw that, too, and saw the, how he is a, just a dedicated person and father and hard worker, and I don't know. I think that had something to do with it, too, because we, in the church, people were very clicky. Yeah, Very that's so clicky. true. I, I think any kind of like congregation of anything, it's it just that's like insane. It like immediately becomes like that um, because I mean I saw that in in our ooh that's the cookies. The best interruption ever when you're having a conversation, I think, is probably a warm plate of cookies. So I don't think either of us were bothered before we got back into it. Um, but man, were those cookies good! I don't remember what you're we saying, but it's fine. Um, Okay, so this leads into my next question because you're talking about, okay, yeah, you're talking about dad getting accepted for being like a very uh, uh, involved father. And I'll, I'll ask him the same question, actually, what it was like for him going up there because that'll be interesting to cross-examine. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was hard for him. What was it like for you um, moving away from such a bubble of a, of a space like this area, Crisfield area of Maryland to Cleveland, Tennessee, to go to college like what was that a culture shock for you or no I wanted to it really wasn't my mom mom always told me that I was the one that always wanted to go somewhere you know and I was I didn't want to hang around I just I wanted to get out there and see what's going on so um it didn't bother me at all and in fact when they dropped me off of course this might be for all college kids I was ready for them to leave you know go right. on and I think that's normal but I don't think I really got super homesick, actually. Maybe a little. But when I went back, it was different. Of course, when I went back, well, I had to go back because my grandfather died. But when I went back after the, this was just the first year, see, I had met your father. So we were already going to get married after my first year. Right. 
So it was totally different. You're already kind of facing a new life anyway. There was mm-hmm. no option to like go live there again, really, like by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't really want to anyway. Well, you and Dad have always been uh, nomadic. You, you know, we we grassroots yes, for sure. That's like true. we we lived in the same house for most of my life, but boy, did we travel! Like we didn't, and we had some wonderful opportunities. What's we'll I would I'm gonna ask about that in a minute, but like. So the itch both of you have, which is cool. Yeah. Now, but now in the beginning, I will say this. I didn't mind moving off away from home. Not that there was anything wrong at home. It's just, I guess, in my heart and my mind, always I wanted to go somewhere. Um, And most everybody I know is still there. Right. That I grew up with. And, um, but I never was that way. But. Your dad wanted to move every like three years. Right. We were moving. Well, he was that a military got, brat too. So. Yeah, that, and that ex, that's the reason I think for that. But that did get old after a while. But then it kind of settled in when we moved back when you were little. Because when we moved back and stayed for like the twenty years or so, and for your main growing up, we were in that same place. Right. Well, that makes sense though, because you had me, and then not two years later, you had my young, you know, my younger brother William. And we were both so close. We, you know, I, I guess the understanding was to let us go to school and like not bounce around and all of that. So mm-hmm. that made sense. But since we've been gone though, oh, out yeah. of the house, you and Dad are like in a new country like every year, <laughs> twice a year. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, we were. Yeah, pre-COVID, this. but y'all were traveling. I mean, I'm jealous yes. but happy for you. You know what I mean? Like he had to take me over the pond, and now that's all I want to do is go over the pond. <laughs> what's your favorite part about traveling? Well, the first trip, I think, is what opened it up um, to the cultures and seeing that there's more out there than in our little narrow vision in the States. You realize, man, it's a whole wide world out there. Of course, you know, living in Italy and the military and stuff. You, but um, And I wanted more of that world. I still want more of that because there's so much more. I felt, Now I feel like I'm so narrow-minded and just... Well, I was. I was ignorant on a lot of things. And you just open up and see that there's so much more. So much more. And I love it. And I want to know more. I want to learn more. You know, It's the thirst for, like, newness. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the same way. I mean, I was lucky because it was the government's dime, you know, that helped me travel there for a while as a young adult. Um, but even you all pro- provided some of that early perspective because we traveled abroad mm. to Israel was like my first... My first ever plane ride was 14 hours. You know, <laughs> I that was a, <laughs> um, I remember I got a nosebleed on that flight and it was like, it was horrible. The air was like dry yeah. and I, anyway, but anyway, it was an amazing trip though. And then I'll never forget it. We went to Israel and then Jordan. It was kind of a pilgrimage for us at the time, like a religious pilgrimage, but even that removed from it, it was uh, an mm-hmm. enlightening experience. It was. And then you guys have been all over the place since then. Yeah. I love it. I hope we can plan it again i mean we were supposed to go you know this month but we had to cancel that but um we'll get over there again at some point hopefully down the line but we just we just love it over there i love the culture i just love the feel it's a different it's just a different feel you know what the feel is it's hard when you're to in explain. a different nation it is it's completely different and you you uh you don't realize the distaste that you can have for back home sometimes when you're in like a new place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like 
I don't want to come off as being unpatriotic, but like, I'm just not a fan of our culture as a nation overall. It's very go, go, go. It's very work mm-hmm. until you're dead. And we're pretty rare in the world for that. Like not most of the world does not think this way. Even most of the developed world doesn't think this way. Parts of it, sure. But I don't know. Like it's just, we claim to be this nation that's all about like love and acceptance mm. and, and, you know, bring us your sick and your weary. But if you, when you're here and living it, you don't see it as much as I would like to, but living over in Europe and just traveling abroad, you see it. And there are pockets I would say mm-hmm. here because like Southern are. hospitality is a thing, but it has caveats, you know, and <laughs> there's less caveats. I was in Turkey and the, the, it's just, it's culturally important to take care of everyone, no matter how different they look than you. And that's not our gut reaction as Americans. We may get there. We may have that perspective, like you and I singular, but on the broader sense, I feel like even if it's not xenophobic, it's like more just like I too scared to, I'm scared yeah. to help somebody who looks different, you know? Yeah. I, I think it is that here now I, I, over there. You, it's more communal. Um, more community minded or whatever. I mean, even in, in when we were in Turkey, mm-hmm. I mean, even the cats, I mean, down to the little pets. Yeah. I mean, there are bowls everywhere for the cats roaming all around the streets, just yeah. making sure the cats are okay. So, you know, your perspective of community and to me is different than it is the way we were growing up. And I'm not, I mean, I'm glad I'm American and I've, you know, lived here and, I'm I'm very grateful, mm-hmm. but there is something to say about that communal mind. Uh, well, I think seeing the merits of something else doesn't necessarily. It's not dogging what we grew up with so mm-hmm. much. It's just saying, hey, like I noticed this thing. They're doing this right, and that's cool because we don't maybe always hit the mark on that thing. We hit the mark on other things, sure, right. but you know, it's that thing. That's just a growth thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree. What was it like raising three boys? <laughs> oh, I don't know anything else. So it was fine. And I think it suited me. I mean, you grew up with me. You know how it was. Miss Holler. <laughs> well, we're a loud family. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're a loud family. And it's hard when everybody's together, especially the all the brothers and stuff it just gets louder and louder and louder but I felt like at times that's all I had all I did was holler because (laughs) nobody listened to me I was the only woman in the bunch I was outnumbered even the pets oh yeah I mean we only had had one one female female dog (laughs) our entire life yeah yeah it was a I don't I can't say that it was there were very very difficult times of course you know but for the most part, I was it was okay. I was suited for boys. I really was. I, I think I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I only ask now because, you know, I have a niece and a nephew. Mm-hmm. And just the other day I was over there hanging out and I was playing Legos with Asher, my nephew. But and you were you were playing with Corinne, my mm-hmm. niece. And I had I kind of like caught myself. I was like, huh, I never saw this. Right. I never saw this form of play, this very unique to the the feminine experience. You know, um, you guys were, I don't know, it was just a different, it was just different, you know? And and, and 
I, it took me back cause I noticed it and I was like, I wonder if you like recognize that or see that or say, Oh, now here's my moment to kind of, you know, expect, you know, Oh yeah. Well it was, she's the only granddaughter. So, I mean, she don't have a chance. She's <laughs> going to be rotten, spoiled, but she is. But anyway, but, <laughs> but, but with, with the grandson, with our grandson, you know, um, at least we had all the toys because I oh my skipped gosh, yeah. everything just about. The bins of Lego. I'm so I'm thankful, though, because I'm able to vicariously kind of like re-experience yeah. my childhood. And I'm out there building Legos with Asher. No, I have your spaceship on top I, of the hutch. And, <laughs> and I fix it every time I come over because he breaks it. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm a very sentimental person, so it's cool to see those things get use. You know, like all of uh, me and my younger brother's toys still be played with you know by our niece and nephew that's cool for me i love that like i'm not like a hands-off type get all, get away from my stuff i i wouldn't have it any other way which is cool and but you, back to that with her yeah. uh with with the girl it 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 took me back i guess now to when i was a, a kid because it was just me and my sister mm -hmm. but my sister was a tomboy hardcore tomboy yeah you know? so you know we did do some things together and i guess to with you guys the the little things that we we did together like we'd go down to the creek mm -hmm. and we'd make those little oh, little yeah. villages yeah. out of the we mud would, and the we would take little sticks and, and build sticks. little houses and leave uh, makes leaves into the rooftops and little people oh yeah that was so much fun yeah stuff like that so it's just um on the girl level now on the girl side of it except for the makeup part well you never know yeah i was gonna say yeah, here <laughs> i nail, am with the black nail, nail color polish and stuff. Yeah. well yeah i feel like it's to I well, my perspective is is these things are totally normal to experiment with. You know, our concepts of gendered things is kind of silly if you really look at our history as a species. But you know, even we've had, we even have home videos of me and William walking around in your heels. You know, and it, and it's so funny how like no one thinks anything of it, but in some spaces, if you're a teenager doing it, it's suddenly wrong, and it's kind of sad. Thankfully, I think that's changing. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting because. I didn't have the you know experience with like makeup and stuff as a kid because I, I wouldn't have wanted to anyway. Everyone at no, school would have made fun of me. You know, it just wouldn't have, it just didn't it work. It wasn't your it wasn't your thing. Um, yeah, I didn't have a disposition towards it at that time. But yeah, that's clearly a big part of my niece's. She loves She's a lip gloss. Girl. She loves nail polish. She's Very yeah, girly girl. Yeah. So I like that. Now there are times though I don't want to fool with that because I'm I'm used to the boys mm -hmm. still, but. I, I do cherish the times that I have with the little girl. So what do you think, uh, what does motherhood like really mean to you? That's a big question. Hmm. That's changed through the years that, you know, when you first have a child, it's like the reality of having someone that's re you're responsible for totally you know, is, um, I don't know if it, how it is for, was for your dad. You can ask him, but for me, it, it was natural. Um, I never, I didn't think I would be good with kids cause I never was really one of those baby, you know, how my sister-in-law, she loves babies, 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 but I never was that way. I didn't babysit people much and I, and I didn't care nothing about it, you know, but after I had my own, it was totally different, you know. I was going to say, because, I mean, even I remember you babysitting other kids with I me did. and William. Yeah, yeah, I did to help us earn my extra money, babysit. Um, but I, 
Oh, that's a hard one. Just caring and uh, to be. Ask me that question again. <laughs> what does motherhood mean? What does motherhood mean? I can tell you what I witnessed. Hmm. From you. It means so many things. I can't condense it. Is. It is. It's a lot. Yeah. For me, it was presence. Yeah. Support, and uh, specifically emotional support. I think. Um, and uh, y'all were just all, both you and dad were always there. You know, I'm very lucky now. I, I realize in my adult life how rare that is. I took it for granted as a kid. Obviously, I didn't. I see it now for like just the the gold that it is, man. It's. I think that if I can narrow one word down, and it's just probably not the best word, is as a parent, you need to be your child's constant. Yeah. I think you guys did that. Absolutely. Like, there's no doubt. No doubt in my mind. It's funny that um, I'm living back home, uh, not with y'all, but in the same city, thank God. (laughs) No way. For both of us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good to Um, laugh. I'm going to cry for that. Right. No, it's all right. (laughs) We we do it all here. Um, uh, I'm here, and it's, it's weird how timing works. It's, uh, I found throughout life that like the universe has a f- sense of humor or, or they just kind of like, sometimes they like to sprinkle like, Hey, this is a perfect moment for you to be here. You didn't know it until you got there. Um, and I've noticed, uh, that happened kind of, I moved here and then like immediately after you and dad have been in this process of moving into a house, a new house. <laughs> That's true. And like, I'm very thankful that I've been here cause I would have been, it would have been shitty for me to be states away because you know both other brothers are states away too um to be like damn i wish i could help but i can't um and i'm so thankful at least one of us can i'm glad you're here oh my gosh <laughs> i'm so glad you're here um, i'm just it, the, well you all have been away from us for so long uh and it's so nice to have you here with us i'm so glad and um, not just because we're going to be moving and we need your help. Right. Well, know? no, I mean. Or I, we can help, you know. But it is nice that, that I'm here for to help with that. But I'm glad sure. you're here to help with that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad to have a nearness to you again, mm-hmm. you know. I'm over like every day. I know. <laughs> At I'm least glad. for a little bit. Just to say, hey, get out of my own house. <laughs> well, y'all are so close to us, like right down the street. I mean, it's, y'all are right in the middle of the city, which is so cool and nice. And I don't know. For me, it's like. Um, I saw this other podcast interview actually, um, and it kind of definitely hit home, but these two gentlemen were talking and one guy was like, how often do you see your mom? And he said, um, uh, usually once a year, she lives on the other side of the U S and he said, how old is she? I think she's in her eighties cause these gentlemen are older. And he, and he said, so how many years do you have left with her? And he said, eh, probably, you know, hopefully a couple decades, you know, you know, if I'm lucky, you know, probably more realistically one. And the guy stopped and he said, well, I see you having 10 more times of seeing her, not 10 years. Um, and when he, when he, they phrased it that way, it's kind of like a light bulb went off for me. And I was like, and I'm already a very proactive son. I think to give myself mm-hmm. some credit, regularly call and catch up. Yeah. But I was like, every moment's precious. And, uh, although y'all have many, many, many years wow. on this earth, I hope we do. Uh, I, I believe it. Um, and, uh, but it doesn't make the, you know, doesn't make the time we have any less valuable. And, and I, so I've been making a huge effort to, as an adult, Steph, 
uh, interact with my parents in a way that's completely changed. Um, and I talk about this all the time. I think I always I tell my friends too, because I have a lot of friends who are you know early twenties, and they're moving. You know, they're like living away, and they're in their first years of living away. And I said, there's a moment in your life where you stop becoming your parents' kids in a sense and become their peers in a sense. You'll always be their kids, but there's an equality that happens, mm-hmm. and it's a different time for everybody. But I think when I moved away and lived abroad is when it kind of clicked. And then I started having conversations with y'all that weren't, Hey mom, Hey dad, you know, it became more us sharing ideas and, and having conversations and growing together. Well, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, really. And, um, if we don't allow that to happen the way it's supposed to happen, that's an unhealthy relationship between a parent and a child. Don't you think? I, I think so. Um, yeah. I think, it, well, every relationship's unique, and there, I'm sure there are all kinds of various reasons and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I think to, to simplify it, it should happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have anything else to add to that because that was that was yeah. well put the way you, <laughs> the way you worded well, it Well, I all. think about it a lot. Well, on that note, we have cookies to try, and yes. I have to change up my batteries again anyway. So oh, yeah. let's do it, and then we'll, we'll give you all the review of <laughs> these cookies. Yeah. <laughs> um, quick note here. If you are um, not into ASMR, maybe skip ahead 20 seconds because you're about to hear me and my mom chewing and eating cookies. And it's pretty crisp audio. So if you're into ASMR, you're about to get a little bit of a treat. I bet. <laughs> Anyways, fair warning. <laughs> mm, so good. Yes, these are. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Whoever's listening needs to get the Trader Joe's oatmeal. Pumpkin, Pumpkin spice oatmeal chocolate chip cookie mix in a can. <laughs> Thanks to one of our listeners. You're Thanks, Abby. so good, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this episode brought to you by <laughs> Trader Joe's. Um, uh, Not sponsored, right? No, maybe someday. <laughs> so, we live in a tumultuous world right now. I think we always did, but now it's just really in our it's face. Um, Very surreal. How do you feel about the world right now? <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm ready for this answer. Give it to me. I'm I'm a little I'm a I'm I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. I'm concerned that I'm concerned for the grandkids cuz they're growing up in this. I'm concerned for you guys. I really feel like your age um group you're basically gonna have to rise up and save us from our craziness basically because for lack of a better word they've all gone crazy (laughs) I mean I feel like we need something that's gonna come and um what is the word um and you're probably um not shake us, but something that's got to, I guess, happen. I don't want to say revolution, but something's got to happen, I think, to start turning things back the way they need, or forward, right. not back, forward, to something that's better 
the change that's going to happen, I think, is going to be coming from this generation, your your generation, and maybe the one after. I'm hoping it starts with yours, because yeah. we need it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think. Well, if if my generation doesn't uh, accept the mantle of responsibility, that is like revolution, mm-hmm. reform, whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't call it reform. <laughs> Revolution, I'd probably characterize it as that something new, you know, pushing forward. Um, if we don't, then it will be forced upon the next generation and they won't have a choice. I argue that my generation doesn't have a choice, but they can probably get by without doing much. And uh, yeah, I hate to be pessimistic about like the state of things, but I think. I don't, I don't know if I would call it pessimism. I think that, and we talk about this every day when I'm visiting with you and dad, if you just really dig and understand what, what decisions are being made by people in positions of power, not just in the U S but across the world, mm-hmm. um, you see a pattern that is very similar to some of the worst times in human history as a mother and is just watching you and dad, um, really evolve as people and kind of shift your views to fit that more of the worldview, like a more broader worldview, your perspective on what's going on in our country. And, and even broader than that, you said it was, you're fearful. And then you were talking about how, like you have to balance when you engage in research stuff. Mm -hmm. Can you go on a little bit about that? Hmm. Well, I can't, I don't think we can, I mean, all right. I know investigating stuff or researching stuff just because you're ignorant on things is I guess different I should say that shouldn't overwhelm me as much as really coming to terms and knowing what the outcome of the certain situations can be possibly will be and then try to have hope that it will at some point make a turn and go go for the better I don't hit on any particular thing that I can yeah, think pick of from the list, moment. yeah. Yeah, there's just so many. But I think, I do still think, and I've been probably more negative than I should be, like the world's gone to pot. But I think there is, you've, you've helped me see this, actually, because you still have that hope, you know, that, hey, it could get better. And so that's helping me realize, you know, I don't need to be quite as negative to do have, to have some hope that things will get better, that there is some kind of glimmer, some kind of... Uh, a little teeny spark there so but I can't dwell on it very often like I I, (laughs) this is the cheap way what is it the cliff notes for news I follow the YouTube uh, ABC I follow BBC you know just different ones on YouTube so I'll get little glimpses and little clips of the news 10 minutes here five minutes here so you can't really make a whole judgment on that it's just enough sometimes to get you so upset that you just click it off and say I can't handle it anymore but I will say I cannot dwell on the negativity of it all the time like I have a friend um, or friends whatever that you know may be able to absorb more of that and it doesn't affect them the way it does me and I don't know I guess your dad says I'm empathic that I I absorb the feelings I get it from you for sure I absorb that and that can be overwhelming at times so the long story short, yes, I just have to do it in little bits. Well, I think that that's smart, though. I, I think even your least empathetic person who can consume a lot of, you know, uh, the news cycle, um, I argue even they should 
balance that, play that balancing act, because this concept of we grew up in a generation that had the TV on with the with the news channel rolling. I mean, most households, if it wasn't the sports network, it was the news network, and that's very common in the U.S., especially like Midwest and down south. Um, and this, it's horrible for your for your psychological and mental health. Like it's, um, no one should be that engaged at all times with anything. Um, like you know, if you just watch nature, and and like observe the world around you, the natural world around you, you can see everything's all about balance. No animal drinks more water than they need. No animal, you know, in, in the natural habitats, no animal eats too much. You know, Boone will eat too much, but uh, that's because he's a domesticated dog and because he's also <laughs> fatty. Um, but, you know, hunting lions won't eat the whole carcass if they're filled, you know. And I, I kind of try to apply that to my reality and, like, choose when to engage now i'm not perfect at it because i over engage with people <laughs> especially if i have something that i'm principled about which leads me to my next point what my principality i can trace that back to a single source and that source is paula oh, stop. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry no 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 keep keep talking actually uh, we're gonna grab the second batch of cookies but um talk to me about why you think that is? Why do you think you're so principled? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I um I just maybe for the underdog. Um I'm not sure, Steve. Um maybe narrow it down a little bit for more of, yeah, well, okay. I just feel like if something's Not right. Okay. Why do, why do you feel it is our responsibility as people to speak up for those who are being hurt? I guess it's the right thing to do. We should all we should all do that, but there's a lot of people that don't. Um I think To be honest, I think some of it goes back to my childhood. Um, and that sounds silly, but just thinking about that, I was growing when I was growing up. And you probably know all this. I was teased terribly growing up as a child. One because I had red hair. Two because I had freckles. Three because I was a little chunky. And that was in the groups of my peers, even that I went to church with and all. And I, I don't know if that implanted something into me then to where if something is not right we got to fight it till it's you know what i'm saying right. and 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 I, and I don't know maybe i wouldn't be that way had that not been part of the way i grew up i i agree i think i could say the same like and for different reasons mm -hmm. but i think my childhood helped shape that too and maybe um because i i noticed that you are very passionate about things and and I know that's where it came from from me. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes it's probably been to my fault. But um, I'm hoping that the good I of have, it outweighs. I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't. I don't wish for uh, a blissful, ignorant state of being. I um, it sure it sure seems nice sometimes to you know not wake up with the anxieties of the world. Mm -hmm. um, but as I as I grow and, and learn more about 
positive mental health practices and my own personal journey, I find that um, it's probably the best thing about, it's what I like most about myself. You know, if I were to shake my own hand, that's the thing I'd remember um, is my principalities and my um, uh, vindictions, you know. I And don't ever lose that because just to sit here talking about this more, um, through the years I've seen where that has diminished some. And then I think now that I'm around you more, it starts coming back again, you know, the, the feelings and the, the passion and the different things like that. So, you know, it's something to be mindful of, you know, don't, don't lose it, you know, don't lose it. Well, I mean, and, and you've, this isn't the first time you've told me this and we don't have to shy away from what caused me to lose sight. You know, I was in a very abusive marriage and, you know, everybody listening is, is aware of that at least in some part, and it did make me lose sight of myself. It's because I put all of my stock in trying to be that thing for one person rather than myself and others, not just this one person. And because of that, yeah, I did. I, I did lose sight of myself. I, I didn't know. I couldn't tell you who I was because there wasn't anything there. I was a, a husk, and I was just um, operating out of uh, fear of losing somebody who was abusive it's codependency mm -hmm. um and the past couple of years of recovery um since that uh has ended have been me refinding myself what i'm passionate about and which i found is i'm passionate about other people that's always been true even as if i look back at my childhood i was always interested in uh how everyone else was doing. I was also just trying to understand why they thought the way they thought when I met new and different people. And just, I don't know. I think that I'm a, I could say I'm equal parts you and dad. And mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to him about the parts that I'm equal to him You're on when I get a chance to interview him. Like I really do. I feel like I'm like literally 50, 50 and it's cool. Cause I'm like the middle kid. So mathematically it kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm like, Oh, that's neat how that worked. You know, we can get into the heady side of DNA and all of that. <laughs> yeah, the birth order. Right, right, exactly. But you're um, atypical middle child birth. I am. <laughs> Nobody paid attention to me. I'm Except just kidding. now, you know, you were more like a firstborn as well. Though. I was. There's a huge age gap between me and my older brother, and my older brother had his had his issues, you know, and uh, I kind of had to like swoop in and be the older brother in a lot of um, instances. So it is weird. Yeah, I think that's where my responsibility came from. Mm -hmm. My sense of responsibility. Um, but I think my, my logic side, my spend a lot of time thinking about things yes. and perspectives, that's dad. That is exactly your dad. But my passionate side, the fire in me that makes me want to be creative and help others and speak up. Even sometimes it gets me in trouble. That can't, that came from you. <laughs> that's got me in trouble. Well, it got me in trouble with you too, growing up <laughs> with each other. We, you know, we're, we, one thing that I'm so happy though, is we go, we can go at it. Yeah, we can. We never sling mud ever <laughs> there's never a moment of mudslinging that exists um which i'm very proud of uh i think that takes effort it's not a natural state i think that also means that we would love and respect each other it does take effort you have to well you have to if you're going to keep your relationship with your family you know i could not do this i mean 
with my family growing up. There is no way. And I hope that you and your brothers, I hope, I mean, I know there's many times we failed and made many, many mistakes, but I hope that we did imprint, I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway, impart that sense of you can, you know, yeah. be able, to, and that we're not going to, not talk to you for two yeah, weeks, shun you know, us. or shun you for a month. You know, now there may be times, there have been times probably in other aspects that we sure. may not want to talk. But no, I don't think, I know with my family it has been that way before. Yeah, and and it's funny, when you're a kid, you think your your parents are faultless, at least at least at, one, at some point or another, you know, you don't see your parents as people. But I think when that shifts and you realize that they're just another person like you, you stop being as critical. Um, and I think that's when the respect happens actually, because then you see this normal person who worked against all odds to help raise you as opposed to someone who was already equipped with the special skills, you know? And I think <laughs> on the job when Superman fails, you know, you're more upset than when a normal person fails because we expect the normal person to have flaws and all of that. And you, you give them more grace. Mm -hmm. And so as an adult, you know, I, you don't even have to add the caveat of like, oh, I hope we were, you know, cause no one's perfect. No. And, and no parent is perfect. And, and I'm just thankful that y'all were there my whole life. So, and that, that in and of itself is unfortunately rare. Yeah. That's why I really feel like that constant, you know, I think it's important for children to have a constant. Um, and I know there's a lot out there that don't have a constant, but, um, it's very unfortunate very unfortunate and i can say that i always had a constant growing up mm -hmm. so i guess you know we knew how to be a constant your dad had a constant you know and um anyway i don't know yeah uh we are privileged we're a privileged family i think you know despite the traumas we've all experienced yeah we have each other and, and a supportive traumas. oh yeah yeah we all <laughs> there has been some traumas in our life <laughs> yeah one, one thing i'm coming to realize is that everybody does it's just what flavor yeah and we owe it to ourselves to be more open about it it's funny because we come from even my generation there's this sense of like don't air your dirty laundry because it's for whatever reason i think it's because it's breaking social norms not because it's inherently wrong but talking about your shit is was kind of like not okay like concepts of going to therapy or even concepts of mental health were not on our radar they definitely wasn't on ours that's yeah. why when we were raising you guys we wanted you to be able to talk about anything you wanted to talk about and um that goes back your dad you know his family they were your grandma me mom papa they were that way my family was not that way right. you know you don't talk about it it's not there but um we wanted to make a point to do that because it's so but even even in that counseling and stuff like that was still it, well i mean you all weren't aware, you don't know what you don't know too mm -hmm. and i th well, especially where we grew up in the world deep in the bible belt mm -hmm. your only form of support that we knew and understood as it were was church related mm -hmm. and i'd argue that's not I, it's better than nothing, right. that kind of community. But I argue that it was um, more ostracizing, specifically for you and Dad, and that's a whole <laughs> other story um, with your journey into Judaism. But like, it was it was weirdly ostracizing for someone like me who was all who was always in the alternative lifestyle headspace. Mm -hmm. um, I was always 
interested in other lifestyles. I was always interested in like other lifestyles and stuff, which, which made it easier to um, understand them. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are people I grew up with that to this day have, and that are my age that are kind of bigots, you know, they're kind of mm-hmm. assholes and it's, be- mm-hmm. and I think it's cause they were failed too. I see them as a victim of a, well, and some people don't want to. Some mm-hmm. people don't want to try to learn to think uh, differently, to um, be more, I don't know, it's not open-minded, I guess, open-minded to things. Yeah. Or what, well, you had the better word, but. I, I, just a, a desire to push past the discomfort that is newness, I guess. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just the only thing that makes you uncomfortable is the fact that you don't get it. Yeah. And I think we value our pride too much culturally in the U.S. Oh, definitely. Um, because it's it's seen as such an attack on ourselves and our sense of being to simply be provided with new information. Well, we're defensive people. Mm-hmm. It's just like something as simple as someone sitting at, you know, coming to your table and saying, hey, I exist. Even that's too much for some people. Mm-hmm. And... I try to like really dive into that because I don't think that there's some deep seated natural desire to hate others. I think it's, that's taught. Um, and we can get into the politics of it and like, Oh, well that's how, you know, people in power keep power because they like dissonance and that's how it naturally occurs. And mm-hmm. you know, they support decisions that create more dissonance and blah, blah, blah. We all want to understand each other. We want to be understood at least. I think, yeah. We may not want to understand each other. Exactly. I think we want to be understood more than we want to understand because sometimes it requires too much work on our part. It's catch-22, though. It is. (laughs) It is. Because then for us to be understood, somebody's got to take the time Mm -hmm. that wants to to get to know you enough to understand you. So, yeah, that is a catch-22. I wish sometimes that I could... uh you know, like mind meld, like Vulcans and Star Trek, like mind meld with someone and just share them how enriching it is to just let that guard down. And even if it sucks, man, because I'll tell you what, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a privileged white person, cis heterosexual white man growing up in the South. I had every form of privilege you could have. Doesn't mean that I wasn't instilled, you know, how to work hard and things like Mm -hmm. that. But I had it. I had a good life. I didn't really have to work too hard for anything. Being really facing that reality of that not being my fault in particular. Right. And it not, right. so, you know, and it, and, and, but it, yet it still hurt others. Yeah. That sucked. I remember like really whenever uh, we're currently in this, in a, what I call like a very modern uh, civil rights movement, unfortunately, uh, that we've even have to be here. Uh-huh. But like when, when, you know, uh, protests started happening and I started, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I owe it to people of color specifically to really sit with this and chew on it. And I did, and I'll never forget. I just sobbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm describing is it's, it sucks. It sucks to be presented with something that really challenges you. Um, even if it ha- is, it, it bears, you no ill will. Mm-hmm. It just simply sucks to hear like, that's it. It's not like my life is changing. I'm not becoming less valued in the world. Mm-hmm. None of that's true. My difficulties in life aren't being minimized by knowing this, but there's a weird innate reaction to respond to it as if that's what's happening, as if I'm being minimized. You know, mm-hmm. when you're presented with new information, I'm not even just talking yeah. about social issues, anything. It, it, it's almost like you're being threatened. Yeah. But you're not. Not at but, all. But, but we feel like we are. 
and we know in our mind we're not. Yeah, the but logic still, side, but man, the emotional reactive side the, is like, get this away from me. I hate this feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that you, yeah, that's true. And I haven't really thought about it that much to that uh, depth, but that's so true. Well, as Mr. Principled, I get, you know, I have heavy debates with people all the time, too much. <laughs> um, and at some, at a certain point I had to sit back and be like, there's no way that people are just like want to be an asshole about these things and just ignore them. There has to be something deeper that's that's really making them fearful of facing anything mm-hmm. that's new, anything that challenges them in their life. Um, and I started just kind of realizing that like it's really no different than when I go to the gym and lift a heavy weight. It's not easy to lift that heavy weight. It's tearing, the, but it, and it's literally tearing the muscle to create stronger tissue. So mm-hmm. destruction is happening. Mm-hmm. to create stronger things. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that does not reflect itself into our lifestyles too and our decisions. There's no way. All of all, Everything's connected. Yeah. That's why I say revolution. I know. And that's a big word. And I'm saying it It's too. a scary word. It is a scary word. It, it won't, probably won't be so as much scary for me as it will be for you. But then again, I'm still relatively young. So... We'll see. You know. We'll see. Uh, you know, if I live to be 75, I mean, that's 25, that's 20 years. So a lot can happen. A lot can, well, look what's happened this year. A lot can happen in a year, yeah. So, and it ain't over yet, the year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just. Well, what's Paula's advice to the world? If you were to, if you were, if you had a. If you had your uh, podium, you could go stand up and address the whole world. I had to think about that for about a half a second. <laughs> and <laughs> or done. twenty minutes or ten years, you know. Oh, gut reaction. Gosh. What What do you gut think? Reaction. Be kind to people. Think of the other person more than yourself. Um, and even me, like riding down the road, people will get on my nerves or whatever, you know, just little things like that. Remember, you know, they may have had something happen to them, you know, today. And that might be why they've reacted to you this way today. And that's something you have to remind yourself everywhere. But I think we just need to be kind to people. I think most of the time people are pretty good, good folk for the most part, but... We just have to, like, like something silly today, okay? This is just something, just basic nothing. I was at the, you know how I love the dig store, okay? This is the lady who loves to thrift and dig. Okay, I was at, and there was this couple digging in this huge box of just junk and stuff. Well, they had found a gold mine of um, vintage Barbie stuff. Ooh, so that's they're your down thing. there they have and i'm like oh my god so i walk over there and they're and they're like oh. i'm like what's the matter this is a free box you know did you buy this box because you can buy a big box and that's your box mm-hmm. and they said no and it's like we've done all this work pushing all this stuff out of the way and they had already got tons and tons of it and i'm just making a point here and so i go over there i said yeah i said i've had to dig down in these boxes before and the people that can't reach in the boxes i'm handing them stuff so what I started doing, rather than just going in there and just digging all that stuff where they had worked so hard for, I started moving all the other stuff out so we could get to all the stuff in the box to just try to help them. Mm-hmm. And then I started giving them stuff I'd find. 
here, you, you collect the knees, right? Take these shoes, take these whatever Barbie stuff. And the dynamic changed 100% just by me not coming in there and just, you know. And then here comes the little people that can't reach the bottom. Can you give me that? Can you give me that? Can you give me that? And it was just like the whole thing again. But by the time we were done digging, they were done digging and all, nobody was mad at each other. They weren't resenting me any longer just by turning that around and being kind because they had worked hard. I know how that is to get down to the bottom of them big old boxes. And, um, and I got a few things out of it as well. Be kind. You don't have to ramrod everybody. Right. Well, it's funny because throughout that whole story, I see, for, so the first, your first reaction was you had empathy because you, you knew where they were coming from mm -hmm. and you took it in, you responded and said, I want to make sure that they don't have to have the annoyance of other people taking what you know like not just not being courteous so i'm gonna i'm gonna go out of my way to communicate that to them through action mm -hmm. and then immediately the energy of the room changed and it, you guys for a split moment were a community of thrifters yeah you know and all <laughs> with the goal of helping each other and and not being upset about what someone else has over you and all of that and that's beautiful that's really yeah. and um my brother uh, younger brother told me to ask this and I, I was planning on it already um that kind of really leads into um throughout our lives we've watched and 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 seen the person you are has always been um giving of your time which i say is the greatest gift you can give because you can't get it back and uh we just wanted to ask uh what what makes you such a charitable person because ever since we were kids uh, whether it's volunteering at the food bank or uh, I think is Boone, are you going to bark? No. Okay. Volunteering at the food bank, running a food bank for a little while. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. Now you volunteer at the hospital once a week. Yeah. You know, people don't just do that. Some people do, but most people don't do that. Why do you do that? I don't really think about it. I just think that's what we should do. I mean, we should give back. I mean, I don't feel like I give back enough. I feel like I should even do more, especially now <laughs> that I have mu not much of anything to do waiting to move. But um, I, um, what makes you do that? I don't know. I, I, I was raised, you know, in a home that always gave back. You know, my dad was always giving, but now he was more giving money and stuff but i know he always helped people that worked for him and stuff um i guess seeing that and too and i think some of it's in you you enjoy it i think i get more out of it you know i love the food bank because you feel like you were helping people with food you know you're i love working at the hospital now i i, I, I work in the gift shop but um my real volunteer which right now we can't do is um it's called uh, NODA, which you probably already know about this. No one dies with, alone. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, you shouldn't be alone when you die. So they, you know, people sit there, they have no families and stuff like that. So I just think you get, you need to give to people what they don't have and um, not expect something. You, you need to give something that you can't get anything back from because that's true giving. It's easy for us to do some things because. But when you can give somebody something that you they can't thank you for even, that, you know, I don't know. I just, I just feel like we're supposed to do it. It's not like obligated either. You know, it's, it's something in you. It's got, I mean, I'm, 
surely i guess it's not in everybody though because everybody would be right more it, well i feel like it's value it's valuable and honorable because it's not in everyone yeah because you know with us sitting you know in the jewish faith um you go um you sit if someone passes they don't leave the body alone until it goes to <laughs> boone is all over you right now you don't leave the body alone until they take take them to the fun to the gravesite. So somebody sits there um, all the time until they come and take them to the gravesite, and nobody can thank you for that. They don't know you're there. Um, you're sitting there to be with them, even though they're no longer. It's just a shell. Um, I don't know. I mean, you you see it from the other side. I see it from it's just what we should do. Right. But well, I've it's had clearly, friends tell me that they can't even do that. Right. And I'm like, this is not hard. No, I think it's it's rare. It's a rare quality, and it's a beautiful quality. And uh, I know you don't. You're, I I feel you're not giving yourself enough credit, honestly. I mean, well, you're you're, you're, you're like, oh, it's no big deal. But it, it is a big deal, and I yeah. love that about you. Well, thank you. You don't think about it, though. I just don't think about it. I think about it. What I think about is I need to do more. Right. You right. know, I need to do more. Like, I was already thinking I need to go back out to the <laughs> hospital an extra day because I only do one day, you know. Right. <laughs> no, I think you, you do more than enough. That's for sure. Well, thanks for sitting with me. Well, thanks for helping me make cookies. Yeah, well, no, you did well, most I of the work. Well, I made the cookies. You, Thanks you, for helping me eat the cookies. Yeah, I'm helping you eat <laughs> you them. You provided all the ingredients. I gave you the ingredients. You mixed them. <laughs> <laughs> and we ate them. And we will eat another one. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any, any note you want to leave on? Anything you want to say? No, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm a nervous wreck. <laughs> well, Boone is crawling all over you right now. <laughs> Thanks for asking me. I didn't really feel like I had much to offer. Um on anything like this you know to anybody and maybe they'll somebody will glean something from what i said and it is i have know. no doubt in my mind i mean even i've gotten something from this so mm. well thank you i love you i love you too <laughs> you've just finished episode two of the stefan things podcast i really hope you enjoyed it my mom was a pleasure to have and I think we had a great time. You can always tell just by the natural flow of the conversation. I did very little editing this episode. Uh, and maybe that has says something about the life that we've shared. Um, which is, I don't know. It, it just makes you feel good. I'm scrubbing through this, you know, this right now as I'm editing it all together. And I'm like, oh, wow. We can, we can like talk to each other really easily. And I take that for granted. Um, and... I don't know. I just hope you all enjoyed a little glimpse into my interactions and how me and my mom interact with each, with each other. And uh, yeah, so look forward to next episode uh, coming soon. In the meantime, I appreciate you again for um, supporting me and what I'm trying to do here. And as always, before we uh, see you in the next podcast, uh, drink some water and tell somebody you love that you love them. Oh, and make sure to follow me uh, if you're interested in more of the Cringe Junkie slash Steph journey. Make sure to follow me. I'm on all platforms under the name Cringe Junkie. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, 
TikTok, of course, here on Patreon, and uh, there's probably more I'm forgetting. But uh, make sure to follow me on everything if you want to keep up with what I'm doing. And if you're interested, click the link in my bio on either Instagram or TikTok, and you can join my Discord, which is a wonderful little community. It's growing every day, full of amazing people. So if that's something you're interested in, check that out, and we'll see you in on the next episode. <laughs>